0: Hello, and welcome back to the Yours Truly podcast, or welcome if this is your first time here. You are tuning in to episode 173 of the pod, and my name is Claire Tuning. In addition to being your host, I also happen to be a registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor, and for the purposes of this week, this fine, fine week in October, I am also a gal who is far too excited for the release of TS-10, more commonly referred to as midnights. Tomorrow night, midnight, midnights at midnight, (laughs) and if you're listening to this when it airs on Wednesday the 19th, it is tomorrow night, but if you're listening apart from that, then it's already out in the world, and lucky you, you don't have to sit in anticipation anymore. I'm actually going out of town on Friday into the weekend, and I have already told my sweet, sweet boyfriend who is going with me that the only acceptable music choice for the car ride is going to be Midnight's, where we will proceed to break down every song, analyze its meaning, and of course, select our favorites, probably cry a little, laugh a little, because Taylor Swift brings out all of the emotions. But in preparation for release day, I've actually put together a midnight margarita mocktail recipe with lavender, you know, the lavender haze of it all, and I'll be posting that video tomorrow in anticipation for the release to get us all excited and to bring a fun drink for your listening pleasure. If you followed along for any amount of time at all, especially on TikTok, you know I'm a big mocktails fan. I love a fun drink, but I don't think drinks always need to have alcohol to be fun. So I figure why not combine two of my interests and make a mocktail for the purpose of a Taylor Swift celebration. But speaking of mocktails, we are currently also in the midst this October of fun drink fall. Now, this is a term I've coined, a phrase, to describe a video series that I've been hosting on TikTok throughout the month of October. And in this video series, I have been creating as many fall-themed drinks as possible. We have some smoothies, we have some coffee drinks, and... You guessed it we have mocktails so be sure to join me on tiktok if you're not there already you can see the midnight's mocktail with lavender i didn't know how lavender was going to go in a margarita but it was pretty darn good you can see all of the fall mocktails and you can also keep an eye out for something special that i have coming at the end of this month it'll be right before halloween weekend that might might just be a fall mocktail recipe ebook but you didn't hear that from me. It's supposed to be a secret, but I figure I can tell all you podcast listeners. So look out for that on Thursday, October 27th, if you want all the drinks in one place to make throughout the fall and holiday season beyond. Also, while we're talking through some fun updates before we get to today's guest, this update is pretty time-sensitive, but I'm still going to throw it out there anyways for people who happen to be listening on the day this episode airs. So if you are listening today, Wednesday, October 19th, when the episode comes out, I'm currently having a 24-hour flash sale on one of my most popular spooky season-themed webinars. Now, this is called How to Break the Haunting Binge Restrict Cycle, and it's for you if you want to be able to keep your favorite foods in the house without that looming fear of binging on them. It's also for you if you want to break free from the binge restrict cycle and start feeling more at ease around food. And it's for you if you want to take away the guilt and the shame from enjoying your favorite foods. The good news is it is only 22 bucks. 22. Did I plan that to go along with the Taylor Swift theme? Not really, but here we are. (laughs) And the hour long webinar replay comes complete also with a seven page workbook to help you set goals and take action on what you learn in the session. Like I said, this is only available for 24 hours. So if you're hearing this past 10 a.m. Eastern on Thursday, October 20th, then I'm sorry. It's too late and the offer is no longer available. But if you're an early listener, if you're here on the 19th and you want to get in on this, you can find the link and claim this for 22 bucks in my Instagram stories today. I'll have the links all up in stories. So go there and you'll be able to find where you need to go. This is really the lowest cost and highest value offer that I've shared all this year in 2022 this will be the lowest one that i share so if you're looking to get some support from a dietitian get an hour's long learning experience and the workbook to go along with it then i'm excited to hopefully welcome you inside this spooky offer no tricks just treats i promise but now let's go ahead and get to the episode today with Lainey schwartz Laney is the founder and creator and recipe developer behind the food blog called life is but a dish Laney is on a mission to help busy home cooks across the world gain confidence in the kitchen create simple and delicious meals and cook without being tied to a recipe after seven plus years of blogging Laney has over 600 reliable recipes on her website all using simple everyday ingredients She created a program called Cook with Confidence to help overwhelmed and anxious home cooks learn how to build foundational cooking skills for life. She has successfully moved over 200 people through the program and she is changing people's relationship with the kitchen. I really loved this conversation with Lainey. I recorded it several weeks back at this point, but she is so fun and real and she talks about food in a way that is so fun and approachable and it's not intimidating in the slightest. In this episode, you're gonna hear some of Lainey's tips on cooking for beginners and working through fears of failure in the kitchen. And we also talk about how we can work to have a more relaxed and practical relationship with cooking so it's not always something that we dread or we feel as though we have to spend a ton of time doing in order to fuel our bodies. Also, she and her team have been so wonderful to work with on this episode to get it out to all of you, and they have created a special discount code just for listeners of the Yours Julie podcast. So if you want to check out Lainey's Cook with Confidence program and save some money in doing that, you can check out the show notes of today's episode and the discount code, the website link, and more information about Lainey, like her social handles, will all be there for you to see. So without further ado, let's go chat with Lainey. Enjoy. Hi Lainey, welcome to the Yours to Lee podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. We're going to get right to it with some this or that. It's like the the game show edition of the podcast. It. So, <laughs> I love it. I love a game show. Let's My <laughs> first question for you. Now, we are recording this. I guess I should give some context to the audience. We are recording this Technically, on the very first official day of fall, this will come out a little later in fall, but many, a few of these questions are fall themed. So the first one, sweaters or hoodies? Oh, hoodies. You're kind, kind of <laughs> wearing one today?
1: Kind, <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm kind of. It's so yeah, light. it does have a hoodie. Cause it's ninety degrees out here, so I'm really just trying to get fall just into my bones, but it's not happening.
0: Yeah, manifesting fall through the wardrobe, but also sweating at the same time. <laughs> yes, pretty much story of my life. But I, I think i have to say hoodie. I'm I'm with you there. Sweaters, although I love many of them, and I'm actually wearing one today. They can just be a little scratchy. Yeah, dep- it it really depends on the sweater,
1: but it yeah. have to be like a really cozy, soft one. But if I had to choose
0: it's a hoodie all day hoodies Hoodies, hands down second Mm -hmm. one apple cider donut or a pumpkin spice donut I don't even know if you like donuts but for the sake of the question (laughs) you know I don't love donuts because I
1: would choose chocolate donut but I would say in general I'm going to choose something pumpkin over apple but I do love apple cider You also will know this about me. I have a very hard time making decisions. So like, (laughs) this is the hardest game I've ever played.
0: (laughs) So I have welcomed you onto the show and I've put you in the worst possible game. (laughs) Pretty much, but it's good. This is good. It's good practice. But I think,
1: I do love apple cider, but I'm going to go for the pumpkin. Just going to, that's my final answer.
0: That is one of the hardest questions of autumn flavors. Because I love apples. They're very versatile. I use apples Mm -hmm. in a lot of things, but pumpkin feels a little bit more novel. Like when pumpkin spice, everything comes back around. So it, it is, it is hard to pick, but I appreciate you, you know, being 51% one side, (laughs) 49% the other. Um, Next question. The rest are not fall themed. They're just general. So books or eBooks.
1: EBooks meaning like
0: so you're saying like a Kindle, not like an audiobook. Oh, that is a good clarifying question. Let's say either a physical book in your hands or a digital like a Kindle or you know what you might read on a tablet. Let's go with that. I'd say physical book. I'm physical. with you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. But, but I choose audiobook
0: over physical book. <laughs> <laughs> but if there was another question, under another that. question. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, next one, iPhone or Android, what do you prefer? iPhone. I have to ask you, this is not a, a plan question, but as we'll get into in the episode, a lot of what you do around food and food education and cooking is in a very visual format Do you do any of that through your iPhone or do you use other camera devices? I use my iPhone for pretty
1: much everything except for photography on my blog. So I, that uses a regular camera and I used to take all my photos of my recipes. I don't currently, I now source that outsource that, Uh um, but every, everything with social media, any videos that I record, everything is with my iPhone.
0: Okay, I guess it makes sense why you're a team iPhone then because, you know, three cameras all around. Um, Final question, and this might tie into some of the stuff we'll talk about later, but if you had to choose dine-in or delivery, what would you choose? Dine-in, like at a restaurant? Um, Yeah, actually, when I wrote the question, you have a lot of good clarifying questions. (laughs) When when I wrote the question, I was more so envisioning dine-in being like, in your home or cooking at home or getting Got a meal it. delivered to home. So maybe we'll Got go with that. Yeah. Okay. So cooking at home. Yeah. Cooking
1: at sure. home. You know? Yeah. That's my choice.
0: Yep. As you know, teacher for the rest of the episode, we will yep. be talking about cooking, <laughs> cooking at home. Yeah. So that actually is a really good segue to introducing more of you and who you are beyond your phone and hoodie and donut preferences. So could you take a, a couple of minutes or however much time you need to share a little bit more with our audience about who you are and what it is that you do?
1: Yeah. So my name is Lainey. I
0: am a mom of two. I live in.
1: I have two girls who are eight and ten. Um, I'm from the East Coast. I'm originally from Maryland, but I have been in Los Angeles for about 16 years now. So almost as long as I was on the East Coast, which is crazy. Um, I was an elementary school teacher. That was kind of my teaching is my first passion. So that's what I did for many years um, out of college. Um, and then when I had babies, I was deciding if I was going to go back into the classroom and, you know, get my kid, hire help for my kids or daycare or whatever it was. And, um, in that time I discovered, I was already cooking and kind of taking pictures of my food and sharing it on Facebook. And, uh, I discovered food blogs and I, I thought, what is, what is this? People are, people are taking pictures of food and posting it on the internet. And this is a job. Like I could do this as a job. Um and kind of fast forward and when I had a, a two-year-old and a six month old, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this a go. Um, and it was kind of the perfect mesh of my my two passions of teaching and food, kind of coming together in one, um, being able to share recipes that were easy and delicious and teach people that they could do the same. And so I started my food blog, Life is But a Dish, about eight years ago. Um, and it's Been a wild ride, and social media and this whole business has really evolved. Um, And I've created courses and programs and continued to put out recipes for eight years straight. And here we are. That's
0: a lot of work. It's a lot of recipes. It's a lot of (laughs) education. You know, I could probably for the entire episode talk to you about the blog slash social media of it all, just because as a fellow business owner, I am super interested. We won't go there fully because I have a lot of (laughs) other cooking questions I want to ask you. But I do wonder, like over the past handful of years, especially if there has been more of a transition from the blogging community to how do I bring bits and pieces of the vlog into like an Instagram reel or TikTok, I imagine is blogging, is still a thing very much so, but as social media has grown, do you feel like it's taken away from blogging or you've had to shift at all? Oh my gosh, it has been the wildest roller coaster.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I got into this not knowing what I was doing and I still have no idea what I'm doing. And I think any business entrepreneur would say the same thing. Um, It has been quite the journey and my business is constantly evolving. And aside from just the blogging space changing and social media changing, Just the landscape of the last few years and what that has looked like has also changed businesses so much. And so, to answer your question in short, yes, it has taken many turns. And I'm currently kind of going back to my roots. So I found myself really for the first five years solely focused on blogging and improving my photography. And this is at the point where video wasn't really so prevalent. It was mainly you know Instagram and Pinterest and. It was all about the photos and the photography Mm -hmm. and everything looking perfect. And you didn't have to worry about showing up on camera or making a video. That wasn't, that wasn't what I signed up for (laughs) yet. Here we are. (laughs) Um, And once video kind of took off while on one hand, it was a really overwhelming time for me. And I was actually really nervous about ever getting in front of the camera and having to show my face. Um, I also realized that, once I did that, I thought, oh my gosh, I can connect. There's so much more I can teach by being able to show somebody something and show them how I make this recipe from start to finish. I can talk them through um, these steps rather than just you know, telling a story on my blog and posting a few photos. And video really changed the game for my business. And that's really when things started to take off. Um, and from there, that's really when the, the teaching bug kind of came back for me. And I realized that, okay, not only can I share these things on social media, but I can develop whole programs and courses using video to do that. And so my blog did take a backseat for a little bit, especially during the pandemic when everybody needed to learn how to cook ASAP Mm -hmm. um, when everybody was home. And so I put uh, my, my blog has never been totally pushed aside, but it definitely took a little bit of a backseat while I focus on creating programs and working more closely with, uh, with people, um, in my programs. And I've kind of, as life has kind of gotten slowly gotten back to whatever that means, um, I've kind of found myself being more drawn back to the blog now that my programs are set up and they're there and they're running and I know they work. Um, and I'm kind of back to more of that recipe development and video creation in the cooking space. And those programs can be there for those who need them. So
0: yes, it's constantly quite the, evol- quite the evolution. Yeah. And I find too, that in, in business, there are seasons right where mm-hmm. certain mediums or certain platforms need to take more of your time, energy, and attention. And as a result, other things take a backseat. And that's okay. It's always the, the ebb and flow, but it is interesting what you're saying about as you started to get more comfortable with video content, as it's become more popular, you realize that the educational opportunity, especially for cooking related topics is huge on video related to, or versus just doing things on photo. I actually And we'll plug at the end of the episode where our listeners can find you on social. But when I was reading more about you and prepping for the interview, one thing that stands out in my mind, you had a really quick, easy video about a way to cut an avocado that I had never seen before. I personally, our listeners will know this. I personally despise avocados. It's like one of the few foods that I'm like, don't come near me with that. But I found it interesting because I had never seen anyone cut an avocado that way and how much harder that would have been to educate by writing that out step-by-step when you can film a 10, 15 second video and say, here's how you do it. It's like wild how much video can change the game and be helpful for education in that way. Absolutely.
1: And I will tell you that avocado video is my (laughs) claim to fame.
0: I shared that.
1: I shared that like the, if I had a penny or a nickel for every time somebody told me that that avocado hack has changed their life. I shared that Eight years ago when I first started, it was one of the oh, first yeah? tips that I ever shared, and uh-huh. people went crazy for it. And uh-huh. I share it every so often. And every time I share it, like more and more people are like, I've never seen that. I've never seen that. And yeah.
0: Like, really? I well, share it every the time. Here's the the teaser for our listeners. We're not gonna tell them how to cut the <laughs> avocado. They have to go find it on your feed and okay. <laughs> go okay. look at it. It's there. But um earlier you said, you know, back during peak pandemic, like 2020 times when the pandemic was still early, you had a lot of people who needed to learn how to cook at home ASAP. And I want to talk a little bit more about cooking at home and learning to do that and being more comfortable with it, because I think something we probably can both appreciate as food related professionals is that cooking, especially if you didn't grow up doing it or if it's not something that you enjoy or feel as though you have a lot of time for, can be something that feels really overwhelming and possibly even intimidating. So I'm wondering if we're speaking to maybe a segment of listeners who would self-identify as, I am newer in the kitchen, but I want to learn more and I don't want to be so overwhelmed. What are some of your biggest tips for people who are wanting to get started eating more at home? Yeah. So those
1: are my people. Those are my favorite people (laughs) to teach. I love all sorts of people and I love helping people who love to cook. And I, again, recently in these last few years, realized that there are so many people out there who either A, don't know where to even begin in the kitchen and found themselves being forced to cook and just felt overwhelmed, uh, inadequacy, uh, just felt like anxiety and didn't really know what to do. And there's thousands of recipes there's thousands of videos out there. And really my goal is to create a safe space for that listener, for that person who has questions that they feel are stupid about cooking. And they are too embarrassed to ask because they feel like they should already know the answer. And there's not necessarily a well-known space to go to ask those questions. I want to be that space. I am that space for people. So if you're listening to this and you're feeling like I have the dumbest question about how to make chicken and I don't know who to ask, you can come to me and ask. Um, and in terms of getting started, I just, there's a couple of things. I think um, what I realized when I started working closely with people was that I realized that so much of their, their fear, the anxiety, the overwhelm, the dread in the kitchen came from the kitchen itself and not having not feeling comfortable in their own kitchens, meaning that the kitchen, the space felt overwhelming. They didn't understand or know how to use their tools. Um, they had a million different pots and pans and they didn't know how they work. They didn't know how to use a stainless steel pan versus a cast iron versus a, a, um, a nonstick or their spice cabinet was overflowing with spices that were expired or that they used once and never used again and didn't know how to what to do with it or their pantry, they'd open it up and it would be full of stuff, but they didn't feel like they could make anything. So the where I start even in my programs is really kind of with a kitchen audit. And even if you take 15 minutes to clean out your spice cabinet and or your pantry, get rid of anything that's expired, donate anything that you don't use, and just have things there that you know that you and your family love, that's a great starting point. Um, So just kind of going through and cleaning out stuff. If you have a drawer of 10 different knives and you've never used them and they're all rusty and broken and get rid of the ones that you don't use, you need one good solid knife. Um, So just kind of paring down and getting rid of the clutter can really do wonders for just your mood in the kitchen. And once that is set up and organized, you don't need to have a professional organizer. It just needs to be kind of a cleared out kind of breathable
0: space, then you can get started. It's like if the space is somewhat inviting, maybe it'll take away some of that I hate being in there. I don't even want to go in there. I'm so overwhelmed when I open up a door and it's overflowing, or when I see the expired spices. I'm I'm so with you that taking a little bit of time, whether that's all at once, or maybe spacing that out over the course of a couple of days or a couple of weeks to make the space a little bit more inviting, or you even use the word breathable, which is a cool way to think about it, I think can be really useful. That's actually something that I've talked to some of my clients about as well. Right. If we set some sort of food or maybe preparation related goal and we find there's a barrier there or it's more of a challenge than they anticipated, we try to break down why that is. And a pretty common response that I've gotten from people is my space is anxiety provoking or I feel like I don't have the space to be able to set out my ingredients and have the the elbow room to move around and use the stove. So I think that's a, a really great place to start. One other question that I have. So, we just talked to the people who feel really overwhelmed with getting started. Now, I want to speak to another group of people, and maybe there's a big overlap in these groups. Maybe they are one in the same, <laughs> but this group <laughs> of people is the group that wants to enjoy more home cooked meals that is a value of theirs, whether that's to save money or have quality family time, whatever the reason is. But They maybe have a lifestyle or they work a job or they're taking care of a household of children and they are like, I am so exhausted already that the thought of coming home or entering into the evening part of the day and having to prepare something or plate up all of these dinners feels like a chore, like something I don't want to do and that feels insurmountable, what would you say to them or what advice do you have? Yeah,
1: so I think also just to normalize that feeling for everybody. And I'm as somebody who loves to cook and does it for a living, I feel that often too. I mean, I have, my kids are a little bit older now, so it's a little bit easier, but I sometimes still dread making dinner every single night. (laughs) Like it is nonstop. They eat all day, every day, three times a day, usually more. And so just know that that feeling is like, you're not alone. Whoever's feeling that way, even for people who love to cook and enjoy it, it, it can be a lot. And it's normal to kind of feel those ups and downs. And sometimes, you know, you talk about seasons in your business, there's also seasons in life where maybe we are ordering out more, maybe whatever it is, it's, it's a normal feeling. If you're wanting to you know, start to cook more at home and eat more at home, I think just setting realistic goals for yourself. So rather than going all in and saying, okay, it feels so overwhelming that I have to cook seven nights a week, you know, dinner for my family, maybe you choose one to two nights a week and making that even three times a week, whatever it is, let's say you pick two nights and you make the decision to commit to those two nights, whatever two nights are easiest for you. Maybe it's a Tuesday and a Friday, whatever it is and make the mental decision to let yourself off the hook for the other night. So rather than like not knowing which nights I'm going to cook or not giving, just having, knowing what you're going to do moving forward for the week, knowing you're going to either do takeout or have your significant other worry about dinner that night, whatever it is, give yourself the permission to be off for however many days that it is and start small. So I would say start with one or two days, see if you can conquer, you know, dinner for one or two days. It, it takes effort to make a meal, right? It doesn't have to be a long, crazy, difficult process, but it could take you 15 minutes to pull together a meal. But I think the more that you do it in small chunks, and if you start to see the results, the happy full bellies of either yourself or your kids or your family, you're going to start to want to do it more and more.
0: Yeah. And it's the the starting small piece and just building that momentum slowly instead of feeling like starting tomorrow, seven it's dinners just, every right. night of the week. No. Yeah. And I appreciate as well that you mentioned when cooking at home, it doesn't have to be something that is this super long, drawn out, multi-step process. I know a lot of my clients come to me with this idea in their minds of what cooking at home should look like i'm putting heavy air quotes around that listeners you can't see me but heavy air quotes around the should because they feel like it should be something that is from scratch whatever that means or where they've spent a lot of time and a lot of their energy doing these things and there's no problem with that, especially if someone enjoys cooking or finds that to be a creative outlet or a mode of stress release. But I think for a lot of other people, the thought of it should be this way adds to the overwhelm. So I would love to hear your thoughts on what I would call convenience items Mm -hmm. when building meals. I do a lot of work with my audience and my clients to take away the bad connotation that a lot of these convenience items have, right? Something that you just pop in the microwave and it's good to go or something that, you know, is already cooked, but you just have to heat up in the oven. So what would you say about some of those foods and how they can maybe make cooking easier? It can be a stepping stone to eating more at home. Yeah. I love that. I think
1: it's, I do the same thing. And I think I didn't realize that I did that until people pointed it out to me. They were like, it's so helpful that you, I don't kind of expect that people make everything from scratch and that mm-hmm. chicken nuggets are okay. And macaroni and cheese is fine. Like all, it's all fine. It's all good. It's all good. Whatever you need to do to get food on the table for you and your family, if it works for you, it works. And um, actually just last night, I had gone to Costco during the day and I got my favorite frozen pizza. It's their cauliflower crust pizza the veggie cauliflower crust pizza is my favorite, one of my favorite pizzas ever like regular pizza or cauliflower crust. It's thin and crispy and delicious. I didn't feel like making dinner and I was like, I really want this pizza. So I popped it in the oven and I chopped up um, just some cauliflower and zucchini and I roasted that up. So we had some roasted vegetables and the pizza, I mean, chopping up the veggies took maybe five minutes. Mm -hmm. It took a second, you know, to cook in the oven, but I had the pizza, I, um, which again is like, you know, I call it like Mm semi-homemade. I took some arugula, um, just drenched it in some lemon juice and put that on top of the pizza, which made it feel fancy, which took 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Um, so we had the pizza with the lemony arugula and then the roasted vegetables. It was one of the most delicious meals I've had in a long time. (laughs) And I love to cook and I love to cook meals from scratch, but sometimes I don't have the time or I don't feel like it or I don't have the energy and you can still make delicious meals and had I even just done the pizza that would have been enough too. I just was in the mood to roast some veggies so definitely use the shortcuts, especially if you're feeling hesitant to or overwhelmed use those shortcuts to help you build that
0: semi homemade meal. Well, especially if that'll help you to just get into the kitchen a little bit more, if that's a space that you're like, Mm -hmm. I don't know about this, or I feel a little bit uncomfortable, or I don't know how to use all of these tools. We were talking earlier about taking those steps to make the space feel a little bit more comfortable, but if the skills don't feel quite comfortable yet, I think those convenience items of like, I'm still going to have to use my knife to cut this up or to roll out the pizza, but not in a way that feels Super advanced or challenging, it's a nice way to ease in on the scale side as well. And what you were just talking about, your mindset with the pizza, like I'm going to pop this in the oven, then add this to the side because I want to. It reminds me a lot of what I call my add in mentality Mm -hmm. when I'm talking to clients about meal building. It's like, what can we start with? What do you have? What sounds good? What aligns with the energy and the time that you have? Okay, we'll start with that. And then if you want to add something, if you feel like it needs more, what else is there? Is it a vegetable? Is it a fruit on the side? Is it a protein on the side, right? Just what can we add, add, add instead of I shouldn't be eating this or I should be right. cutting this out. Like that's such a more yeah. um, inviting mindset when it comes to, to being in the kitchen and nutrition as well. For sure. Yeah. I love that. Next question that I have for you, I think um, maybe we'll group this is another group of people. So we talked about one, two, three. And again, there can be a lot of overlap here. (laughs) Maybe there's someone who identifies with all three groups. But I think something that also goes around a lot, especially now with rising food costs, right? We are recording this in September of 2022. And I think we can all agree that no matter where you shop or how budget conscious you try to be, Grocery bills have been higher. So what about those individuals who say cooking at home feels really expensive, not only because my time is money and it takes time. We've already addressed that, but buying all of these ingredients and having to get all of these things in place feels like a huge expense and a strain on my wallet. Now we could also talk about eating out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Comes with that as well, cost. and you know, take out yeah. these cost is a cost is a cost. But what thoughts or ideas might you have for budget-friendly cooking or being mindful of expenses when it comes to eating and eating meals that feel nourishing and good for our bodies? Yeah,
1: I mean, I was gonna say it. It is it is expensive. Mm-hmm. The, the grocery store things are expensive, and prices are high right now, and it's it's tough, but. The prices in the restaurants are going up too. So it's not any better, not any better there. Um, And I will say that there there are so many more options now in terms of stores. So if you are shopping at the store, you know, Costco has some great options. Um, Walmart, Target, there's some really good kind of budget-friendly places where you can just be more aware um, of the prices in the store. So that's number one. I personally am not a huge meal planner, but if you're able to plan out even just a few of your meals for the week, even just three to four meals and it doesn't have to be down to every single ingredient. But if you know that one night's going to be a pizza night or a burger night, or um, you know this tonight we're going to have salmon or chicken, whatever it is, if you know that you have ingredients specifically for those meals and you're not over shopping, that can also really help, especially if you're trying to stay on a tight budget um, planning out those meals can be, uh, a really big help there.
0: Yeah. I don't know your thoughts on trying to use similar ingredients across a few meals. That's an approach I will often take with clients. It's like, okay, what is something that you like that tends to be a little bit on the more costly side? So usually this is going to be like, a protein of sorts, whether it's chicken or fish. Okay. Can we purchase that maybe in an amount that's enough to do two meals out of it? So we're only cooking it once and we pair it maybe with a side that is less costly, something like the Mm -hmm. rice, or I don't know if you're an Aldi fan, do they have Aldi on the West coast?
1: They do, and there, there. It's not so close to me. I have like every other store within a mile, so Aldi's mm-hmm. not that close. But Aldi's a great option.
0: Yeah, well, I was gonna say they have this one thing. This is not sponsored by Aldi brand risotto, but if if anyone <laughs> would like to try it, it's these like packets of risotto. I think they're like a dollar fifty. They mm. make, um, I think, enough for like two to three servings. We just combine it with water in the pan, and you stir it, and it's like the most tasty, perfect side dish to like a chicken or a fish. So if one of those ingredients is more expensive, maybe trying to use it across meals and then pair it with sides that are less. So what are your thoughts on, um, I'm trying to think of other budget friendly things that I do, things like the frozen, the canned, maybe options aside from fresh, what are your thoughts there on like the cooking side of it? Definitely having a
1: well-stocked pantry. So I I talk about that a lot with my audience, but um, having a pantry stocked with things that you know, that you love. So, you know, always having white rice, brown rice, different pastas, different pasta shapes, um, canned good, uh, canned Canned goods. Why does that sentence sound canned goods? Sound weird. Canned yeah, <laughs> I know what you
0: mean. Yeah, canned goods. It is a phrase.
1: <laughs> yeah, canned goods. Um, you know, tomato sauces, just always having those things on hand so that you can just whip something up from the pantry. And pantry items are, you know, a lot of them can be more cost efficient, and you don't always have to add, you know, a fresh protein. You can use beans as a protein, you can use I don't know, sometimes I don't even add a protein into my my meal and that's okay too. Um, So just having a well-stocked pantry and you can, it does take practice and this is something that I really, this is kind of what I do, but being confident with just opening up your pantry and maybe a few fresh items from your fridge and making a delicious meal is possible with very minimal ingredients. And you can make a delicious meal with some pasta, some broccoli, salt, pepper, and lemon will olive oil and you're good to go. And that can cost you a very small amount of money.
0: Yeah. And I, I like that you, you even said earlier, like sometimes I don't even add this to my meal or sometimes mm-hmm. I don't have that super apparent form of protein present. And that's okay as well. I appreciate that, um, flexible approach to putting together meals, because at least a lot of the people who I talk with, they're very much coming from this recovering perfectionist mindset Mm. around food of my meal has to look this way, or it has to include this amount of X, Y, and Z. So I think hearing from two professionals now, people listening, like Mm. meals can be flexible and they don't always have to include the same ingredients. And if it doesn't have a protein, you will survive. <laughs> it will be okay. <laughs> yeah. Fed is best. However, that's going to be accessible for you. And two, something that you're speaking to is the creativity of it all or having the skills and some of the competence paired with the creativity to be able to glance into the pantry and grab a fresh item or two and come up with a meal. I think a lot of the people who I speak with, that's something they really crave. It's like, yeah. I want to have this effortless creativity in the kitchen. I want to be able to throw things together, but my brain doesn't work that way. Like I've literally had people tell me, I don't think like that. My brain doesn't work that way. So is a final thing here before we get you to plug, you know, where people can find you and your courses and all of that. Any advice for people who are seeking more of that creativity, but feel as though my brain doesn't work that way. I don't see food, the end vision of the meal coming together. What would you say? For yeah.
1: So that, and again, I can talk about that later, but that is literally why I created my program, which mm-hmm. is called cook, cook with confidence, which teaches people the foundations and the basic skills. So you have to understand the techniques to be able to then pull together a meal just by opening up your fridge or your pantry. If you don't know how to cook rice properly or let's flip it around. If you know how to cook rice properly and make it taste delicious by adding you know, some, the proper amount of salt and you know uh, maybe some ghee or butter to give it some flavor. If you know how to do that, if you have that skill, you can make rice a thousand different ways by adding a million different things to it. But if you don't even know how to do that or you don't know how to cook a piece of chicken uh, in the oven or on the stove, you can't whip something up. So you have to be able to understand the basics and the fundamental techniques. And so um, anybody can follow a recipe, but if you're so focused on just following the recipe and you're not paying attention to the skills, then all you're doing is following a recipe. And sometimes that can be more time consuming um, than if you're just throwing things together quickly. Um, so if you're, if, if you're trying to kind of It takes practice. So you're not just gonna all of a sudden wake up and just be able to throw things together. You have to work at it and it's something that you wanna get better at it. Something that I often encourage people to do is actually start with the recipe that you like. So choose something that you like, make it again and again, try making it, follow the recipe. And once you start to almost like memorize it a little bit, not even memorize it, but get really comfortable. You know how much this is, you know how much salt goes in now try to make it without actually measuring things out so it calls for a teaspoon of salt use your fingers and you and kind of get used to what a uh, whatever it is teaspoon half a teaspoon feels like in your hands and start to pay attention when you add it to the meal what does it taste like when you add this size pinch to the food so it's really about paying attention to what happens each step of the way while you're cooking rather than just being so focused on the recipe and what's happening because every kitchen's different. Every stovetop is different. Every oven is different. So start paying attention to your food in the kitchen. And at first it might feel like it takes so much focus to do that, but eventually it will become second nature. So use a recipe, make it over and over again. Once you get comfortable, try swapping something out. Maybe it calls for broccoli. Maybe you don't have broccoli. So you swap it out for zucchini or mushrooms and change it up and just Think about something that might taste good with it and try it. And I always say the worst thing that can possibly happen other than your kitchen catching on fire and burning the house down is that it doesn't turn out. And then you have to throw it away. I mean, that is the worst possible scenario. And and if that happens, so what, then, then hopefully you learn something through that. And the next time you try again,
0: it'll be better. It's almost like using the recipe as the space to learn, practice skills, practice eyeballing a certain amount, or even cooking to taste, right? Getting familiar with what this ingredient tastes like and what amount. And then as comfort and as skills increase, then we can feel a little bit more freedom to branch away from the recipe. It really resonates with me as you're talking about getting away from recipes I personally have never been a recipe person. That's why I, I have sworn off of baking. I won't do it because Same. I hate recipes so much that it always goes so poorly for me when I bake. Because <laughs> like yeah. the no recipe philosophy, great. With cooking, yeah. baking, it's like yeah, <laughs> smaller margin of error there. But yeah, it's so funny when, um, when I make something or maybe show a passing photo of something I've made, inevitably someone will come through saying, where's the recipe? Or how did you make this? I'm like, I didn't have one, but here's what I added, right? Here's what I did. So I think too, um, it's really helpful to view this confidence that you're talking about or some of the skills, not as something that one person just has and another Mm -hmm. person doesn't. Gets back to what I was saying about those people who come to me saying, I just don't think that way, or I'm not that type of person. It's not that some people are born with this and some aren't, but um, it's getting more familiar with these things over time. And it's having permission to try with recipes again, to use that as a structure and then build from there and use the skills to unlock the creativity rather than creativity has to come first before I have the skills. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I, something I've learned fairly recently, Um, is that confidence is a skill. It's people, maybe some people are born slightly more confident than others, but you can build your confidence and it just is, it just takes practice. And in cooking, I develop recipes for a living. It's my least favorite part of the job because I don't cook with recipes. And when I make my own, when I make my own recipes, I never actually use my recipe. I just use it as a guide. And that's really what I try to teach people is just how to use a recipe as a guide not as an end all be all because everyone's palates are different and also, it's just so much faster just to take the spice bottle and just dump it in and you know, to measure it out. It's like, oh my gosh,
0: <laughs> yeah, measure with the eyeballs, measure with your yes. heart, whatever measure with feels your heart. Good. Yeah, yes. yeah. So, tell us more about um, Cooking with Confidence. That's the name of your program. Yes. Yeah. feel free to, to plug it. So, maybe you can start there and then offer more information about the other places where people can find you. Yeah. So Cook with Confidence is my
1: program that again, kind of shares all of the, teaches all of the techniques, all the basic techniques that you would need to be a confident, a more confident home cook. I am not trying to teach you how to be top chef. Um, really just trying to get you more comfortable in the kitchen so that it feels like a more joyful, exciting place. Because whether or not, no matter what happens, we have to eat. And whether we choose to cook at home or order takeout or go out to dinner, we have to feed ourselves and our families. And so, my goal is to empower people to just feel more confident in the kitchen space. Also, because it just trickles out so far beyond the kitchen, it helps build your relationships with your families and your friends and your loved ones. And um, it just, I really believe in that. And so, Coca Confidence goes over everything from cleaning out your kitchen to knife skills to learning about how to cook chicken and fish, um, red meat, pasta, salad, all the basics soups. Oh my gosh. Soups for the fall. Um, so all of those kind of basics, everyday things that we're making in busy homes and the program is really designed for busy home cooks. So I'm a busy working mom. Um, and those are most of my clients are students who take the program are working professionals or busy, busy moms. And so, um, it's, it's meant for you. Um, I created a a landing page that has just for your listeners that has uh, kind of curated 10 of my kind of top favorite quick and easy recipes that are fan favorites. And so everything is there also with links to the program uh, and a coupon code if anybody, any of your listeners want that as well. So you can have that cool. information. Um, and then my blog is lifeisbutadish.com where all my recipes live, and then on social media, I'm just life dish on Instagram and TikTok. I love the
0: handle. Life is British. (laughs) I love that. And and thank you so much for putting together um, that guide, I guess we can call it for Mm -hmm. listeners of this episode. I'll be sure to have all of that linked in the show notes and we'll have the discount there for your course. If anyone feels inclined to check it out and enhance their confidence in the kitchen yes. and do all of these things. Um, Lady, and it's been so good getting to chat with you today. I talk with so many like dietitians and body image professionals here on the mm-hmm. podcast and they're amazing. I love them all, but it's so refreshing to have a cooking professional on the show to mm-hmm. be like, this is how we cook and talking about recipes. It was just something fun and different for me as well. So I hope the audience finds it valuable as I know they will. But listeners, that is all we have for you here today on the Yours Julie podcast. So we are going to sign off by saying Yours Julie, Claire and Lainey. And that's a wrap for episode 173 here on the Yours To Lee podcast with special guest Lainey Schwartz. Lainey, thank you so much for being here. It was wonderful to get to know you more. I hope our listeners, you listener, are getting some good nuggets of value, some ideas on how you can improve your relationship with cooking and the kitchen. If you want to learn more about Lainey and her Cook With Confidence course and grab that discount code that she has created just for you all. You can check out all of that information in today's show notes. If you want more information on me, how to work with me, how to join me for the rest of Fun Drink Fall, you can find me on social media at Claire Tuning on TikTok and Instagram, and you can also visit my website, ClaireTuning.com time-sensitive offer, but if you are listening on Wednesday, October 19th, remember I have my flash sale going of my spooktastic webinar, How to Break Free from the Haunting Binge Restrict Cycle. It's $22. It's only available for today, so if you want to claim that, check out my stories on Instagram for the link. But as always, thank you all so, so much for being here. Your time is a privilege and it is not lost on me that you just spent 50 minutes with Lainey and I. So I really appreciate you being here. As always, if you love today's episode or anything else that you've ever learned here on the podcast, you can share this episode, you can share it on social, you can tap the three dots on your screen to grab the link to the episode and message it or email it to your friend or family member who might benefit from this message. And I will be back here in another few weeks for our November episode of the podcast. But until then, take care and enjoy midnights.